Grace and peace. Wisdom talks. So, I was having a conversation with myself, as I tend to do. And we were discussing the creation of the Messiah. Many argue that he was created because he had flesh. He was created because he came in human form. If it is true that he incarnated, he was created. In other words, he was formed in his mother's womb. These are facts. If you believe the historical accounts or the biblical accounts, scriptures say the Holy Spirit came upon the woman. She conceived. At the moment of conception, you begin to have growth. Life forming. So he was created. But then we got to think about that and then say, but that's not actually true in its entirety. There were aspects of him that were created. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was created. He was able to die on the cross. He was created. As all the other intelligent life forms do, he worshipped his father. He was created. He prayed to the father. He was created. Deity cannot die. So, if he was deity, then it was not his deity that died, but his humanity. And if so, then that humanity was created. Now we come to the question of, but was he also uncreated? Or was he also eternal? Well, there were aspects of him that was eternal. The word in the beginning was the word word was with God the word was God or God was the word more accurately. Manifested in the flesh. He was that light. So what you call the logos. That was the word, the word incarnated flesh. Not the way you use logos to talk about a Greek deity. But I'm going to take your word and break down the meaning to give more glory to it. I'm going to glorify your word with Christ. That's what he does. So now the word was with God for eternity in the bosom of the father. So the word was never created Though it was used to create. It never had a beginning, but it was always part of the expression of the father. The father could always communicate. The eternal father could always speak. And so the means by which we describe the attributes that allowed him to speak, we're ascribing all of that to he who manifested in the flesh. Now, this was not a distinction in personality or personhood for eternity. Personhood comes into the picture when he is created today. 
you are my son. I have begotten you. But what does he mean? Today. What were you before today? The word. My eternal expression. And whenever the father wants to manifest himself in a visible form, that's the word. That's his expression. He is the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible. So when the invisible wants to make itself visible, he is the image. And that image was predestined. That image was already in the heart of the father prior to any rebellion or disobedience. The image helped produce the end. Because you got to have an image in the beginning if you're going to produce the end. How can you produce an end without having an image in the beginning? Christ was the image, the foreplan, the ideal, the prototype. Then he goes back and he starts with other life forms. And he shows you that's not it. That's displayed in Genesis. Adam is looking at other life forms. You can't progress with me. So Adam was the culmination of other creations. And y'all start, starts with him in terms of having a priestly connection with him. But he started with others, other beasts, other species. He started with others before he even started with mankind. They all failed. All the beasts failed. All the creatures who no longer have a physical form, extinct beings fail. But there was one. And that's the victory to humanity. Do you believe that humans were the only ones that he deposited his spirit in? He had former temples prior to the temples made by man. Those former temples were occupied by other beings. How do we know this? The Caribbean were already in the former temples. The ancient guardian angels were already in the former temples. Ezekiel 28 tells us this. So we have temples, we have gods, we have divine agency. We have jurisdictions. We have principalities, powers, dominions. We have thrones. We have all this. But still, which of his vast creation is going to produce a Messiah? All the rest of them fail. They became beastly. And so they began to form in the way that would make them more beastly so they could live, so they could live out their judgment. Humanity became more beastly and are becoming more beastly. However, he has instilled the spirit of civilization, which we call the Holy Spirit or the Ruach, the breath 
the environment, the atmosphere, the mood, the flavor of Yah, the culture of Yah is breathed into humanity and they begin to become civilized. And that civilization is a demonstration of the spirit that is within them, moving them toward a place that would embrace the manifestation of what some call the second coming, but he has already come and he continues to come and manifest. Will there be an ultimate culmination? Depends on what you think about when you think about ultimate. Will, will there be a final culmination? I don't believe that. I believe that there will constantly be culminations and wars in the midst of that as he advances into all that he has created. You say you can't find life anywhere. Not yet. Just because you can't find life there doesn't mean it never existed, nor does it mean it never will exist. So the scriptures say upon his government and increase, there will be no end. So we understand something about that which was created. That which was created aligned itself with the uncreated or the eternal attached itself to that which was eternal so that it could live forever. No one else was able to do that, to attach humanity with divinity so that humanity could live together. That's survival. Showing you how to survive. You cannot survive without civility. All these principles, we, this is what the world does. The world tries to take away or take from, extract the principles of civility, ascribe it to another source, humanism, philosophy, this God, that God, and will deny the influence that came from the Most High in order to produce that civility. And though they may add yeast to it, that's what frustrates the system, it's still able to hold together. And though they add this leaven is still able to pass over, help us to pass over into a new generation. Why? The spirit, the, the Ruach is not only dwelling in the so-called Jews, whoever calls themselves Jews, or in the Ashkenazi Jews, or even in the black Hebrew Israelites, or even in the DNA tests. All those things can tell you about something natural. It can tell you about something fleshly, but it can't tell you about the reproduction and multiplicity of the spirit and how much he how fast he reproduces himself in other cultures. So where you have coaches now fighting over legitimacy or, or fighting about legacy or fighting about authenticity. And you have coaches fighting about that based on their scribal knowledge, based on their quest for truth, or if they're on their high horse, everybody is looking to be right for certain reasons. But none of those things detect an intraceable spirit unless he leaves you breadcrumbs.
so that you can be attached to the true and living God. None of those things will take you there by faith. That's why Abraham is the father of our faith. If you can't believe in the incarnation and that he was eternal and yet created, then you'll never be able to understand Abraham. When he said, Abraham, rejoice to see my day. You got the three men that show up. One of them is Yahweh. The other two do damage on the city. But they came as three men. Ambassadorship. Ambassadorship is one of the first methods that he used to introduce his glory in the earth. Ambassadorship. So now when it says, and Yahweh came down to visit them. Now you don't just imagine some whirlwind just scattering the people from the tower or the ziggurat. Now you can imagine a trip. Now you can imagine an interdimensional vacation. Let us go down as them. Observe the city. Walk around. Look and see the departure from my law. Let me not just look at it as a distant judge from on high looking at everything. But let me just go, go in and bring about a theophany and see what things will be. Let me appear as a man. Let me talk to the people. Hear what's on their mind. Let me communicate with them. If you can't understand that story, you'll never be able to understand. Because so-called gods or Elohim were dropping down all the time, making themselves known, building cults and cultures. How you think all of these languages were taught? It says he confused their languages. What did he do? He gave them other spirits as options. I'm going to let you choose. In other words, he released them. How do I know he released them? Because nothing can be done in the earth unless he allows it. He released these lying spirits in other times. He released spirits that would be demonic in nature, but they're under his sovereignty. Let me test you out to see if you're real. And people start buying into these spirits. You can't understand there's so many messiahs in the Bible. It's not even a big deal to say he is the messiah. You got you to gotta link that and trace it back to David. And you got to trace him back. Not only genealogically. You got to trace them back through their testimony. Now, if you, tra if you trace them back through the testimony, you might find that same testimony in Europe. You might find the Messiah's testimony in China. You might, you might find it anywhere. But the same spirit will be in the testimony. And what does it testify? This is the spirit of prophecy. It is the testimony of he who was eternal. Creating something and then coming into what he created. So yes, he's created and uncreated, 
but the uncreated created the created. So God manifested in the flesh to redeem us, not only that, but to make us like him. And so the story is a gospel story. It is good news because it's not only about the majesty and awesomeness of the true and living one who's fighting through all these lies to get his real story out. But it's also a gospel that includes his bride, that includes his collective, his people who he would bring along with him. And not only, watch this, not only tell his story, but share theirs. And I'm going to put my spirit in your story. Now, if you can imagine one million years of him giving saints the platform, the privilege, and the opportunity to not only share his story and share their stories, that after a period of time, people will look upon those people who shared their stories as kings that surround him, those who are close to him. In other words, they will begin to look at them as lower gods. And this is where we get the concept of lower gods. They're just low, lower authorities that serve the highest authority. This is where we come into mythology. Because all mythology is trying to tell that principle and story about elders and their tribesmen. Now we call the Most High God the eldest elder. But then you have the elder brother. Same spirit, different expression. 